When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. And we can search each other's dreams. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast, which is... Three Swings, a podcast about baseball and other things. Um, a little bit late this week. Uh, had some stops and starts with all kinds of stuff. I'm sure you can understand. Things are still pretty weird <laughs> in the world. It's been strange to sort of, I don't know how to even describe it. Like things are just back. Things are changing. Um, you know, I got to remind myself every day that that I like, I do what, what I agree to do, you know? Um, but that's still, that doesn't mean that it isn't weird to sort of just watch everything, just roll back. <laughs> and, you know, um, that's been kind of strange, you know? So unnerving, un, uh, I'm not I'm not even sure how to describe it. I'm sure you can relate to my inability to describe what I'm even thinking about. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Usually I, you know, sort of recap what's going on like in the world, quote unquote. Um and I just can't because I have had to um really turn the faucet down on what I am consuming. And I, I don't mean consuming in the sort of, you know, uh high-minded like punk ethos kind of thing. I, I literally mean like what I'm taking into my body because I think uh, for me, it's easy to remember the, or easy to forget. I should say the complete opposite of what I actually said. <laughs> it's easy for me to forget that information that I'm perceiving and that's going into my brain, I'm that I'm consuming that, you know? Um, and like I, I am working you know, every day, practicing every day to be a more, you know, ethical, compassionate consumer. And we could go down the road that this is a very privileged thing to discuss, but I, th I think that it is, and it also in many ways isn't. Um, I, I think it's important to have a, a constant 
conversation with, you know, yourself, your spirit, your soul, whatever you want, your heart, your body, your mind of like what it is that's going into you <laughs> on a regular basis, what you're putting inside your body, you know? Um, I think, it, and, and that's not to say that when you, when things go into your body that aren't necessarily like quote unquote good for you, that like you're a bad person. It's just like, oh, I don't like how this feels when I do this too much. You know, it's like eating a whole bag of M&Ms. Like I do it sometimes and like, it's okay. But more often than not, I do it and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that didn't feel great. So I, I'm not going to do that. So I say all this to be, to, to be not like I really... The, the amount of information that we have is the most that we have ever had. It's like every day we set a new record for how much information we have. And if you went back in time to 1890 or 1720 or whatever, that date would be the most information that we've ever had. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Buster Keaton kicking the hat or whatever. Um, and like, it just keeps going. So my job is not to keep up. My job is to stay conscious of what it is that I'm taking in because at a certain level, at a certain point, I'm only taking in information for the sake of taking in information. And for me, that doesn't really, I have learned over the past couple of years, that doesn't really help me or anyone else. <laughs> you know, it doesn't help me or anyone else even to be knowledgeable about everything. Like I don't, I don't even want to be knowledgeable at this point. I don't want to be an expert. I don't want to be anything, you know, like people will call and I'm not, I don't want to be people. When I say people, I mean like two or three. Um, but like, I don't want to be an expert on anything because I want to experience things. You know, I want to gain experience in life, but I don't want to be an expert because I don't want to sit away from the experience and then speak to it, you know? So I say all that to say, like, if you can, if you can send money to India, please do. If you can send love and healing to India, please do. Um, if you can see in your own community where, uh, the things that are going on in India are happening as well, please send love, compassion, peace to that as well. And I mean that literally and figuratively, um, and just like in your own life, see where you can save your own capacity, like fill yourself with joy and love and compassion and empathy for yourself so that you can then be full enough to give it away. You know, like I can't, if, if I am just dousing myself in pain and trauma, then I, that's all I have to give away. You know, I don't have anything to give away. I don't have anything positive. And I, I don't mean positive in the Pollyannish, like, oh, good things, da 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 da. I, I literally mean outward, you know, <laughs> in a when I say positive, as opposed to negative, which is only inward and only taking, you know. Um, and it's just, you know, it's gotten to this point where I, I downloaded Pluto onto my phone and like onto my Apple TV to watch, I think, Bound, <laughs> which, by the way, still holds up, still a masterpiece. And I also downloaded Peacock recently so that I could watch something else and then watched Rutherford Falls, which I highly recommend. Fantastic show. 
Um, and both of them have like live TV, and and because they're brand new on my phone, I didn't turn off the notifications. And in the past two or three days, I've gotten notifications every day of funerals specifically for black men who were killed by some form of police. And I was stunned and shocked. Not that it happened, um, because this it's clearly, you know, it's it's a continual, constant, and, you know, centuries-long epidemic. Um, but that now there's some sort of it just it just really struck me that I can see the loop, you know, of the the sort of um, you know snuff film that like Twitter has become, and then now these TV apps are like airing funerals. I I just I'm 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 like pretty pretty uh pretty taken back by that. You know, I don't really know how to describe how I feel about it. And, you know, this is a baseball podcast and obviously it's about other things and um, there's just so much, but I, I just cannot help but see, you know, the, the connection of that to, to the ways in which, you know, the postcards and the fact that like just black trauma and black death and black pain has in this country and also indigenous pain and trauma and death um, and immigrant pain and trauma and death and, you know, people of color, Asian, uh, Pacific Islander, um, you know, like any anyone who has not been granted like white status in this white supremacist country, um, it quickly becomes entertainment and it has been and it and it is appalling to me and in some ways i have taken myself out of the experience of seeing all of it and commenting on all of it or even any of it because i feel like i'm participating in that complex and my i feel as though what my purpose in this is to be is in my actual life that i live when I walk down the street, when I go into a business, when I turn the ignition of my car, when I talk to another human being, when I, I you know, like th that is that is where I, I must be ready to serve and be a human being, you know, who's willing and ready and able to receive and accept another human being for who they are in that moment. Um, and I cannot do that if I am participating in this other thing, you know? Um, and so I just share that on my end that like there are other ways of doing these things. And I think, you know, hashtags and awareness and all that stuff is like important, but after a while it is just not enough. And like, I want to participate more in reality than, than virtual reality. Cause I think it is, easy to forget that the internet is actually virtual reality. Like it is its own space. It has its own space and time, but it has its own space and time. And there is a real world out there. Um, and it's waiting for you. <laughs> so, um, with all that being said, let's get into a little bit of baseball. 
Um, I'll be honest, it's hard, a little bit hard for me to do this show because I just, I'm not paying for baseball and I'm not watching as much baseball. I'm playing fantasy baseball and I'm terrible at it this year. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, I just keep losing. And I kind of don't care. <laughs> I'm doing all right in my categories league because I have Mike Trout. And we'll talk about him in a little while. But uh, Mookie Betts not having the best season of his career. Um, still a great player, but you know, he's hitting like 250 or something. Chris Taylor, my favorite, crushing it. <laughs> so, you know, and I don't I have him in my categories. I do not have him in my points league. Uh, my pitching is terrible. Um, and I just don't know where to find new pitching. Every time I pick up somebody to try to stream, they shit the bed. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like, whatever. I don't, you know, like bench coach Brett and I were talking about maybe sharing like fantasy. St- it's like, I'm, I'm not good at fantasy this year. So I don't, I don't want anybody to pay for fantasy picks when I literally don't know what I'm doing. So, um, I will say I am paying attention to baseball via Twitter, which is, you know, perhaps not the best idea because it keeps me on Twitter. Um, but this is something that I noticed there's two, two or three instances of this. Mets beat the Phillies after Umps reverse Reese Hoskins home run. Sunday night's Met versus Phillies game ended in dramatic fashion. The Phillies entered the eighth inning with a 4-2 lead when their bullpen collapsed once again and gave up six runs to the Mets in the top of the eighth, including a three-run RBI double by Pete Alonzo. But then, in the bottom of the ninth, after Didi Gregorius scored on a Roman Quinn triple, Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins, friend of the show, not really... Uh, appeared to tie the game with a three-run home run that banged off the top of the wall and back into play. The umps initially called the hit a homer, but on further review, it turned out the ball did not clear the topmost railing to qualify as a home run, and Hoskins was sent back to second base. Bryce Harper then struck out to end the game. The win put the Mets into a tie for first place in the NL East with the Nationals. Wait a minute. The Nationals are in first place in the East? Okay. All right. Whatever. Followed by the Phillies, Atlanta, and the Marlins. Only two and a half games separate the first and last place teams in the NL East, making it MLB's most competitive division. Do you think the NL East will remain this tight throughout the season, or will one team eventually break away from the pack? And which team is most likely to win the NL East. I think that Atlanta is going to break away, but I do think that it is going to remain competitive unless we see the same thing that we're seeing across the league, which is uh, pitchers' arms falling apart. Um, I think that something needs to be done about that. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, And moving into this, Uh, It seems like MLB umps have been 
front and center for a lot of controversial headlines this season, from Michael Conforto's walk-off hit by pitch to last week's bizarre interference call during a game between the Brewers and Marlins in which a routine ground ball out to Brewers pitcher Zach Godley was called for defensive interference when Godley supposedly stepped into the base path, even though the play had already been decided at that point. Um, This, and then... Also, there was a, a play with Andrew McCutcheon supposedly walked, uh, uh, running out of the base path to second base, uh, which he clearly did not. So, um, and I, you know, took to Twitter and suggested that there was some sort of fix in with the umps, but this does feel bizarre. Um, many people suggested that, you know, there's, there is, they agreed with me that something is weird, that they're trying to like, um, accelerate the implementation of robot umps so that the robot umps get put in before they're ready to go and then they do a bad job and then the umps are like, you got to hire us back. I also think there's a world where umps are seeing that they could have a cushy job sitting in a, at a desk watching a bunch of baseball screens and making calls from there instead of standing, you know, in the middle of Wrigley Field on a sub <laughs> sub 40 day uh, calling whether somebody's out at second base or not. Um, I just think like this is just way too many things. There was also a play at the plate, I believe, with the athletics where he was clearly safe. And then there was also the play with the I think his name's Eric Bohm of the Phillies as well where he was clearly out. There were like, there have been multiple incredibly bad plays that like have replay and then have not been reversed. And it just, it's like, we've had a a couple of years with the replay helping really well. And now they have to like balance it out or something and whatever it is, it feels really strange to me. Um, and Brett, bench coach Brett is asking if humps, umps have been the center of attention more than normal this season. And I would say absolutely. I would say 100%. And I can't imagine that it's not on purpose. I've, umps don't do anything not on purpose. They just don't. They're the cops of the game and ACAP. Uh, so they they definitely are trying to get some attention in this whole thing. Um, and he also asks if it's time for robot umps or do bad calls continue to be an essential part of the game? I mean, I think that bad calls are an essential part of the game, but these are something else. This is not just like a bad call. These are like outrageous, especially the Zach Godley call. That was like making something up. So to me, it feels like this situation where they're they're trying to cre- create a demand for something. Like, there's a lack of supply, so they're creating a demand. That's what it looks like to me. Um, so my hope is, like, that it does not last much longer and something has to be done because you can't... You you can't... That that call with Zach Godley was ridiculous. Also, the Michael Conforto thing is ridiculous. Also, the plays at the plate where, upon replay, it's very obvious that the call is wrong and you don't reverse the call. That's ridiculous. So that it just like can't continue because it's 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 truly ruining the game um to me at least obviously if you're on the team that it works for that's you you probably don't feel the same way but you got to agree that at a certain level when it's very obvious that they got the call wrong and they don't that's ridiculous um so yes we'll go into the division leaders right now at the beginning of May 
which I keep getting sad about my fantasy, and I'm like, it's only the first month, so let's calm down. Uh, in addition to the Mets and Nationals in the NL East, the current MLB division leaders are the Boston Red Sox in the AL East, the Kansas City Royals in the AL Central, the Oakland A's in the AL West, which I could not be happier about, the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. I truly thought it was the Cardinals, <laughs> so whatever. And then the San Francisco Giants in the NL West. The Dodgers are tied with the Padres for second place in the NL West. Which of these division leaders are the biggest surprises? Who do you expect to still see on this list at the end of the year? Uh, I would say that the Red Sox are a huge surprise given that they're trying to tank. So I wonder if the front office hates this. <laughs> I'm sure baseball does. I mean, I hate it because they're tanking and they're doing really well. And then I would say the San Francisco Giants are a huge surprise being uh, first in the NL West. I mean, they're just like silently crushing. Um, obviously not silently in San Francisco. You guys are paying attention. but um, And, uh, you know, the Kansas City Royals. Everybody thought it was going to be the Twins, but the Twins just haven't gotten their shit together. Um, I mean, I think the Oakland A's might be able to pull it out this year. I would love to see them win a division title as opposed to a wild card. Um, so that they don't have to play a one-game elimination unless they're bringing that back from this season, which I would hate. Um, but yeah, I think I think these are all still up for grabs. You know, I do think ev all of these are up for grabs, but um, especially with the Yankees playing that the the way that they're playing. No offense, Yankees fans. Um, but I think all of these teams could be on this list at the end of the year. This season feels like we're just dumping out all the Legos onto the carpet and seeing what happens, like seeing what, what we could do. So we'll wrap it up because, again, my voice is about to blow out, and I apologize. So thanks for listening to my brief three swings every week. Mike Trout just keeps getting better. And the source here is ESPN, <laughs> written by Jeff Passan. For a decade, Mike Trout has been the best men's baseball player on the planet, and at 29 years old, he clearly has no intentions on seeding the title anytime soon. Trout turned in arguably the greatest month of his career in April. Trout is hitting the ball harder than he ever has. His average exit velocity is 94.4 miles per hour and at a higher rate, 58.5% hard hit rate well above his career 45% average. But his average launch angle has plummeted to 10.5 degrees. Trout's line drive rate is exactly what it was last year, 24.5%. This is a lot of percentages. His fly ball rate has dropped from 50.3% to 34%, while his ground ball rate has risen from 25.3% to 41.5%. So to what effect? Great question. I would love to know what I just read. Trout is hitting 413, getting on base at a 515 clip and slugging 775. Launch angle tends to be among the earliest metrics to stabilize, which would mean an entirely new Mike Trout has arrived. One even better than the one who has won three MVPs and finished second four times. One potential explanation, as MLB.com's Mike Petrello has pointed out, Trout is pulling the ball significantly more than he has in the past. Interesting. Interesting. Less than 10% of his batted balls are going to the opposite field, and Trout, like most batters, hits the ball at a higher velocity when he pulls it. Defenses have changed accordingly. 
they are shifting Trout in nearly 60% of his plate appearances. And he's essentially saying, shift away. I'll just hit it past you. Love it. Perhaps it's easiest to wrap it up like this. Early in his career, when Mike Trout illustrated that he had otherworldly talent, the refrain was that if he keeps it up, he has a chance to be the best player ever. He isn't just keeping it up. He's exceeding his own stratospheric standards. In addition to Trout, some of the standout position players from the first month of men's baseball in 2021 were Byron Buxton, twin center fielder. He is just on another planet. J.D. Martinez, the Red Sox designated hitter. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, the Blue Jays' first baseman. Chris Bryant, sure, all right. Cubs third baseman. Ronald Acuna Jr., Atlanta outfielder. Fernando Tatis Jr., Padres shortstop. Nick Castellanos, Reds outfielder and Justin Turner, the Dodgers third baseman. I would also throw in, um, oh, no, I just, as as I was saying it, Jesse Winker from the Reds to playing pretty well. Um, in terms of, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say pretty good, <laughs> you know, pretty good. Uh, my early season MVPs so far, Anybody that's not on my fantasy baseball team. <laughs> I would say Ronald Acuna Jr. If we're not talking about Trout and then Byron Buxton for sure. Um, and I mean, Garrett Cole is pitching a hell of a season so far, plus Jacob DeGrom. But if we're talking about, you know, this is position players. Um, yeah, I think this is a great list. And there are a lot of guys that are are silently crushing and supporting these these guys and giving them the ability to hit the way that they're hitting. And I think it's going to be a great season. Honestly, there's a big part of me that's excited that the Dodgers are not in first place because um, I I love variety. And we won the World Series last year, so I feel okay. And like, if there's a year to be bad, this is the year. This is truly the year. And they really... I went to see them. I can't remember if I have recorded this since I went to see them, but... They played the Reds, and they had played an extra innings game the night before. They were clearly sluggish and tired, and, like, they just did not have it, you know? And they they are tired. They they don't – they're not clicking as an offense, although this weekend, you know, 16-1 to 1 against the Brewers. So – but that's the thing. They're coming in fits and starts, and they don't have the consistency that they need to stay at the top of – the NLS right now. So uh, honestly, I'm excited to see a super competitive NL West. I'm excited to see that. I love to see it. I want competition in divisions. I don't want (laughs) three teams that are tanking and two that are in competition. I want four teams in competition. That's what I want. Ideally, I want the NL or the NL East all across the board. I felt like that's what we got when we were kids and I miss it, but it's a lot of fun to watch games be important all through the season. And it's honestly super fun to see the Reds be really good. I love it. I love it. And they beat the Dodgers on Monday. Um, And I guess the last couple of things I would say, I went to Dodger stadium with some pals. Um, You know, there was a lot, I felt many ways about going Um, it was kind of great because like nobody was around me and that was fun. You know, it's like fun to have some space from people, especially at the stadium. Um, it was a little intense. I saw some people like getting, you know, removed by security. They didn't have masks on and stuff like that. So it's like just sketchy. 
I'll also say just like as a safety precaution to all my like trans, gender, queer, non-binary, gender, non-conforming people, this stadium at the very least had like people at all the restrooms and the, you know, the men's restroom had a dude standing outside of it and the women's restroom had a woman standing outside of it. And I think it is COVID protocol so that they can like maintain a certain amount of people in the bathroom, which is, you know, for safety, but. I was afraid to use the bathroom because I did not want to be confronted by either of those people. And so um, this is not like a pity party for me. It's just kind of like, oh, great. Okay, great. <laughs> like another, yet another thing, um, yet another thing being implemented for safety for COVID that is, you know, definitely constricting the flow of life for other people. Um and so, yeah, just keep an eye out for that and, like, keep an eye out for your friends, you know, or even strangers being confronted by, like, literal bathroom police, you know, because um, it's for, like, COVID, but I can't imagine, you know, that people are not going to be doing that for that reason. Um, so keep an eye out for your friends. Offer to be bathroom buddies. I had a lot of my guy friends reach out and tell, tell me they'd be a bathroom buddy for me because I'm just sort of also on top of that in this place in in transition for myself of like I do not feel like I look like I should be going into the women's restroom I also don't want to go into the women's restroom but that's where I feel comfortable just out of habit and I also am like kind of scared to go into the men's restroom because I literally never have and like it just is a whole new experience. And I was like, I don't know that Dodger stadium needs to be my first experience of a men's restroom right now, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's just kind of wild. And so I appreciate all of you, uh, your support and your love that I can feel. And I hope that you all can feel that through this podcast. Um, I hope you're taking care of yourself and others and seeking ways in your day day to day life that you can take care of yourself and the people around you. Um, so much love to you and yours. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you keep enjoying baseball. I hope it keeps giving back to you and you keep giving back to it. And uh, I have been Rhea Butcher. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.